One of the things that I have learned that I have held on to is that knowledge of our daily bread. And it comes from the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples when they asked, Lord, teach us how to pray. Pray, give us this day our daily bread. And that just really is that symbol that God will give you what you need today. Welcome to the Midlife Moms Podcast. My name is Amelia Rhodes. We're so glad you're here today. And joining me is my co-host, Brenda Yoder. Hey, Brenda, welcome again. Hey, Amelia. I'm so glad we're here for another episode. We're here for episode three of season four, which is still hard to believe that we have done four rounds of this because it feels like it's been years, but it's really only been a year and a half, which I think we mentioned in the last episode. But there's been a lot of life changes and a lot of things happening, which is par for the course in the midlife, as we've talked about each year tends to look a little different and sometimes things can be unpredictable and we don't know what's ahead, which we never really know what's ahead. But in the midlife, I think we're ever more aware that we just really don't know what the coming year will look like or the coming months. And I know you found that to be true in your life too, Brenda. Yeah. And I feel, I think that's what's hard about the midlife is that I think that really hits you in your early forties because your body starts changing. You're, you're at a I think just a, a fork in so many places in your life. Um, but especially with your family, I think as you have teenagers who are looking at their life changing, every single change in our children's lives starts affecting us. And that is really what drove me to write Fledge when I was approached about writing a parenting book was I found myself vacillating. I had one in college, one out of college, two still in high school. And my third one was ready to go to college. And I was kind of missing the life I was living because I was so caught up in everything that was changing in our life. And yet my youngest one still had, was in high school. My college one still was um, a senior. And um, I really had to give myself a wake up call of um, not dreading what is ahead and then not regretting or looking back on the stage of life when you were younger and when your kids were younger, it's just a really vulnerable time of life. It it really is. And I'm living that right now, really entering at full force. My oldest, my daughter is a senior. And as we record this, it's December and she's just made her college decision. And so I watched this switch flip even for her as she made her college decision and for us too of, okay, now I kind of know what's ahead and where I'm going. It's really hard to stay present right here, right now. And I even had a friend tell me, oh no, yeah, but you've got nine months until she moves out. Like you've got nine months yet of life right here, right now in this place, all together with the four of us, you know, under one roof. And I'm finding that same thing that you said, it's really hard not to live in the future and live nine, 10 months down the road. Yet at the same time, you do need to be preparing for it and working towards, you know, some goals and some things that to get ready for that, but you can't live there. And you also can't live in the past looking at always what was and thinking, oh, that will never be again or isn't right now. So I'm finding in this season, how important it is to stay present and yet how incredibly difficult it is. And like you said, you know, I've got a younger kid at home who's still got, you know, two and a half more years of high school and lots of things there, even though I know that's going to look different for him because 
it'll be three of us. And so even in our day-to-day routines, there've been a lot of like, oh, it's the three of us for dinner. Wow. That's going to be our new normal <laughs> or, or they're both gone. And Kedron and I are like, wow, this, this is going to be here permanently before we know it. It's really hard to acknowledge that, but not get stuck there and live in that place. And so that's really what we want to talk about today is this challenge, whether you still have kids at home or not to stay present where you are right now. And I think you had a line in your book fledge where it was like, don't miss this life. Like don't miss this life right here where we are. Yeah, actually that's the title of one of the chapters. That's the title of one of the last chapters. And I can't take credit for that line. Um, It's actually a line from a country song. Um, or the title of a country song, it really catches what we need to kind of keep in front of us, which is there are no guarantees. And I think that's part of the midlife that is um, perhaps one of the hardest challenges. And I was just thinking about that, the the process of when your kids are younger and you're probably in your thirties, you know, um, where life is full and, and you have them around you and I actually have my grandson here today. My little two-year-old toddler were making new memories. Um, I went and got him yesterday. He lives about two hours away from us. So we're, we're having a fun day today of just doing Christmas things and spending some new traditions in our home. But I was thinking about the busyness of my morning this morning. And when your kids are in front of you, even if hard things happen in your life, the consistency of having children in your life and their school year and what's going on with them is this stability that once your children start living their life of their own and, and your family starts changing, and then you as a mom, everything starts changing inside of you. And there's this tendency to, you know, to really Um, worry about what's ahead or grieve what's coming up or grieve what was behind, but we are just not guaranteed that anything about our life is going to be consistent in the same way it was or, um, or similar to what we know. And I think that's part of what is the challenge is what we know, what we've known up to this point is changing just for myself personally, when I was writing Fledge, um, my father-in-law actually passed away during the time that I was writing Fledge. And a lot of that shaped so much of this chapter, especially Mm -hmm. about not missing what is present, because I think when you're in your midlife, there's this reality that life is not permanent, that, that what we have been given in our families is not forever. And I think when your children are growing up, just the fact that they're growing up, we know what's coming up. Like we know that they're going to be in our home until they're 18 or until they graduate. But after that, it feels like everything in your life is always shifting and changing. And I've been in midlife now for a decade. Um, in my, I'm in my early fifties and I can honestly say that things still continue to change and to shift we really have to be intentional about accepting wherever we are, even if it's a stage or even if something is happening that we don't like, because these are the only kids we have. Mm -hmm. Like our kids are only for you, a senior and a a 10th grader. My kids really are, are only the ages that they are this year. And honestly, I have had to really work through this in a different way as my family really has changed and they all live far away. And it's a new 
acceptance of my family really only will be together probably once or twice a year. And that my kids in their adult lives really deserve the freedom to live their lives without me holding any apron strings, wanting them to be in my life in a particular way. So I'm going to stop there because that was a lot, (laughs) but it's good and it's relatable. And you know, what I've always appreciated about you is you are, you know, a little bit ahead of me and I'm like, Oh, you'll say this. And like 10 years later, I'm like, Oh, this is what Brenda was talking about. (laughs) This is how this goes. But you know, one of the things that you've said is, you know, letting them make their own decisions and live out God's plan for their life, not your plan for their life. And we talked about that, I think in the last episode about decision-making and how it needs to be their decision. And we covered that. If you haven't heard that episode yet, go back to that episode two in this season of having them make their own decisions and that they, as young adults and adults need to own their decisions and they need to own them in the confidence of knowing that their parents are, are for them, whether you agree with the decision or not, you will be there for them and be in their life and be part of their uh, decision-making results, if you will, the life they choose to live. But as we were talking about the changes and staying in the present, you know, this is something that I have battled long before midlife because I'm one who struggles with anxiety and have for a very long time. Um, Anxiety and panic attacks are part of my story and have been for as long as I can remember, even as a kid. And through my adulthood, I've gained some tools and some resources through counseling and help with my doctor's office, you know, to get a little bit of a hold of it. But I've come to acknowledge and accept it's something that will always be part of my life. And in midlife, I think it gets amped up a little bit. And I've talked to women who have never battled anxiety, hit midlife, and it just takes them by surprise because anxiety and panic suddenly hit. You're changing hormones, changing body, changing stage of life, a little less of sense of control you know, over your family. You don't know where they are. And I was talking with a friend today who's in the same stage of life. And, you know, we both struggle with this. And I was telling her one of the things that I have struggled with is staying present, not living in the what if of tomorrow, two weeks, 10 years. Hey, I can live like 20 years down the road. (laughs) And I can also live 20 years in the past. I can be in many places at once and many, many times of my life at once. But that doesn't get me anywhere other than anxious. And one of the things that I have learned that I have held on to is that knowledge of our daily bread. And it comes from the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples when they asked, Lord, teach us how to pray. And this is one of the lines that he gives them is, you know, to pray, give us this day, our daily bread. And that just really is that symbol that God will give you what you need today. And I, I've, had seasons of my life where I've posted that on the bookshelf next to my bed so that it's the first thing I see when I wake up. I've had seasons where I've made it the lock screen on my phone to like keep that in front of me because like, I'll say that I will pray that I will remember it. It will focus me on today. And then in five minutes, I'm, I'm back in, you know, a Mm -hmm. decade from now. And so that has just been one of the things that I, you know, have focused on that Jesus taught us, like, remember it's our daily bread. When you are in tomorrow, he will be in tomorrow as well and give you what you need. And when you are in that situation that you're imagining, if it happens a year from now, 10 years from now, he will be there too. And in that day, he will give you what you need for that day. And this, this concept of like, just 
focus on today with hope and prayer for tomorrow, but knowing you don't have to have everything you need for a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, because he will give it to you as you need it. If that makes sense, that's a very hard discipline, but it's something that I've just been learning to focus on in order to help me stay in today rather than all of the what ifs. No, I think that is just spot on. And I think, um, you mentioning that anxiety and does seem to kind of amp up perhaps in midlife, I guess I'll personally say that that really resonates with me because I've never really struggled with anxiety until the last couple of years and, um, realizing that, um, during COVID, uh, or during the lockdown, uh, my, my father died that fall from COVID. And then last fall, last, uh, spring of 2021, my husband um, retired from teaching after 32 years. And I, that's, I think where my anxiety started was this uncertainty about a new job change for him. That really has been our stability in our family. And then the worst happened. Um, he actually had an accident that was a near fatal accident. And while he, um, didn't sustain as bad of injuries as what he could have the the job that he had had to change. And so he went back into school and, um, it's not really where he wants to be, um, long-term. And then at the same time, major things have been happening in my children's lives. So here again, I have found that when everyone's happy who I don't have my hands on anymore, then I can feel at rest. But the thing with that is that with our adult children, with people around us, as their lives just continue to morph and change, they're not always going to be necessarily, you know, um, not struggling with their own anxiety or their own uncertainty. So I have found that as a mom of adult children and in this life, in the stage of life where things really do change, like your jobs, most, so many people in midlife, their jobs change or their parents are, you know, dying your own jobs change, your children's lives change, and and they make choices that affect your life. And I've really been working hard the last couple of months to recognize that I have been taking on a lot of responsibility for the emotions of people in my own immediate family, my husband, uh, my children, and realizing, oh, that causes a lot of anxiety for me. And so for the first time, I've really learned that I do I, I have to figure out some anxiety in me that I've never really struggled before. Something I just came across in my um, devotions just yesterday was really a, a very significant, I think, um, scripture that God gave me, just like God gave you the, give me, give me, um, give us this day, our daily bread. Um, but it was in first Kings chapter three, and it was this very small passage where God tells Elisha that they are to um, dig a ditch. And it says, this is what the Lord says. The dry valley will be filled with pools of water. You will see neither wind nor rain, says the Lord, but this valley will be filled with waters. You have plenty for yourselves and for your cattle. But this is a simple thing for the Lord, for you will make, I will make you victorious. But he tells them that they have to dig a ditch. And that really spoke to me because many people in my life right now have a lot of uncertainties ahead of them. And I felt that God was tra trying to transition me from being in the place where I only have anxiety over what I don't know, what may happen, what may come up in the next several months. And God was telling me what he's calling me to do is I'm to dig this ditch so that God can do the work that he wants to do so that God's going to completely provide what I don't yet know. 
And um, being a farmer's wife, I guess I, that really resonated with me. We actually have a, a creek behind us that was dug originally as a, di- a ditch over 100 years ago. So God really just showed me that I have to really have faith in prayer, kind of going back to your principle of give us this day our daily bread, knowing that God's going to b- provide today, but God's also going to provide in the future. But I have to give room for God to work. I have to dig the ditch with my prayers and with my belief and with my faith. And that is really hard. Again, I think in our stage of life, because up until this time, we had so much control over every part of our family life. And it's, it's such a, uh, it's a, it's almost unnerving in a lot of ways because it's, just something we practice over one big life decision. It's something we practice daily. Mm-hmm. That daily choice. And like you said, making room. I, I loved that phrase, making room. What are you making room for? And I find if I'm not intentional, you know, my anxiety, my thoughts, my they will fill the entire space. And so making room for, you know, prayer. Uh, both of us have mentioned scriptures that have meant a lot for us, making room so that your life can be anchored on something else other than your children's lives, other than the future, other than all the what ifs, trying to control or orchestrate situations other than anxiety, uh, but making room for your life to be anchored in what is true and solid and unchanging. And as you know, we are both you know, believers in Jesus Christ to have a faith that is, you know, growing, um, and we are intentional about in our lives, not perfect, but intentional about making room for that. Because when we anchor our life in these other things, it's very unsettling because it changes so much yet. We have a God who is unchanging. And when I focus on his character and who he is and who I am because of him, that's a steady, stable, unchanging truth that we can anchor our lives on no matter what our children decide, no matter what they do or don't do, no matter what happens, no matter what health situation comes, no matter what life change happens with loss of loved ones, this stable, steady, unchanging truth that we can anchor our lives on, I found makes a big difference. Um, And it is a daily, sometimes minute by minute choice to make room for him and make room for that in our lives. It is. And I think one of the practical ways uh, we do that, I was just thinking about one of the the main um, themes in this chapter in Fledge on Don't Miss This Life is to not be so caught up in what we are doing that we aren't available. I think we talked, we, I know we've talked before on the podcast about availability for our kids or availability for even our spouse or again, aging parents is that to not only give spaces for God to work in our lives, but also give spaces for ourselves to, um, you know, when our, when our kids ask whether they're home, like your kids are, you know, mom, are you busy? Can you run me here? Or mom, are you busy doing that? And then even for myself, realizing that I have to have some margin in my life to not be so busy that I can't say, you know, this is my first Christmas season where I have a grandchild who's old enough to come and do some fun things. He only has three more years or uh, until he will go to, to um, preschool and they don't live close to us. They're not in and out of our house a lot. So I have to be intentional 
about spending time doing the things that if I just hurry, hurry and live every day as I, as I always has been before, then these are the very small moments that we will never have again. And I think that's the thing about midlife and the stage that you're in also is you will never, ever have your daughter home after this year in such mm-hmm. a way that have now. And I write and fledge about where my sixth grader. So I would have had one in one in college or out of college, one in high school, one in middle school. And so my sixth grader came to me and said, mom, are you busy? And I knew by that prompting that I needed to say no, even though I really was. I, and so I spent just a few minutes doing something with him. He had made a game from his class activity and, you know, it's just a few minutes. It filled up his bucket. It built connection and it built some memories and then on we went. And I think that's what's so important about midlife and, and thinking about some practical ways as we wrap up this episode of being present, isn't making all these big grand memories that we take pictures of and you post on Facebook or Instagram. It's really about putting off what really should be put off until tomorrow or another time, because there really is only a certain amount of time that we have in this life with the people who are present and of a certain age with us now. And I think that's what I'm realizing is that with my children, you know, home for the holidays. Yeah. We may only be home for 24 hours every Christmas. And if that's all I have, then I can't um, whine or complain about it. This is all we have. I know not everyone's able to do this. People have different, um, different things that they are their thing for me. Quality time with people is just really, really important. So one thing I make time for is, um, traveling to see my kids because they aren't close to me. And I guess to me, that's what I want to build, you know, in this stage of our life, um, until we, until we can't do it any longer. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key, not only to make room and make time for it and being present, but to truly take joy in it, to truly enjoy whatever it is. And again, that's part of being present rather than wishing for what isn't or wishing we had more time or wishing it wasn't just 24 hours to truly see that as a gift. I have 24 hours. I have this moment, this time and take joy in it. And one of the passages I've come across recently in the Bible it's Ecclesiastes three, and it came up in a Bible study that I was doing a couple of weeks ago. And it's the passage that you may have heard where uh, the writer says, there's an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven, a time to give birth, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot. And it goes on through all of these kind of contrasts and ends that section with he, God has made everything appropriate in its time. And then later on in the passage, you know, the conclusion that the author comes from, I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and enjoy the good life Mm -hmm. and to enjoy the good gifts and the good things that you do have here and now. And um, it's so hard because they just slip by and that time ends and then it's time for something else. But to know that there can be goodness and good gifts in each one and to joy, enjoy them really take joy and pleasure because that's what God desires that you enjoy whatever it is uh, as much as we are able in that good season. Yeah, I would agree. And it's, it's ironic. I actually was just reading through that um, whole chapter in my personal quiet time over the last couple of weeks. And it was really helpful because I really had to camp on, there is a time to mourn. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a time to dance. There's a time 
to tear down. There's a time to build up. And um, each one of those actually was helpful for me as mm -hmm. I was really um, having a hard time being present and not worrying about some different things. So actually uh, Jill Savage's book, Empty Nestful Life was really founded on some of those verses too. And she does a great job really talking about pr very practical ways to walk through um, the emptiness season and pledges really written for those who are in your season where you're ready to release. And when you have released one, but you're still raising others as we're, we're finishing up our time, Amelia, what is maybe the one thing you would like to say to the mom who has really big life events going on? Like you have, you have a senior this year. And what would you like to say to that mom? Who's really experiencing a lot of really big life events, who is really um, struggling to maybe let go while she's, she's still very much trying to hold on and helping her to know how to really live in the moment. Yeah, there's a lot to that. A lot of different ways we could go, probably a whole different episode on just that topic itself. But what I have found helpful in my experience is to set aside the to-do list, to set aside all the things to do, focus on what's in front of you right here and to see the gift in it. Not what you would change, not what you wish was different, um, not focus on all the things that could be better, but really focus on just what is, what is right here and ask God to show you his gifts in the middle of it. Even if where you are and what is, wasn't what you hoped for, wasn't what you wanted, wasn't what you would have asked for, but to turn to him in it and ask him to help you see where he is in it. And I believe that no matter where you are, even if it's not where you want to be, he will show you his goodness and his character in the midst of it and that he's present with you in it. So it's just really one of the things um, I've had to learn to do. I'm a doer. And so setting aside the to-do list and what I would fix and change and orchestrate and change to make better is hard, but really asking God to open my eyes to the gifts and not miss what is in the present. Yeah, I would, I would um, confirm that just hundred percent. So we want to just really encourage every listener here to find those small things, um, especially where you are, uh, just acknowledging that there are a lot of big events that happen in midlife. And I think that's what really spoke to me when I was writing Pledge was um, like, it is midpoint. There's, mm -hmm. and, and we aren't guaranteed a lot of things in the future. We just really don't know. And God really has given us a fullness of life right in front of us in Psalm um, 90 during COVID during the shutdown. Um, there's a verse that says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And that has been imprinted on my heart since then. And um, I think that's a great verse for us to maybe finish up on here. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom because today may be the only 24 hours we get with the people that we have. And um, by God's grace, we wake up each day with a new day in front of us. So I think that's a beautiful way to end. Thanks, Brenda. And thank you all for joining us today, wherever you are. We hope you know that we love you and we care about you and we enjoy hearing from you. If you have not joined our Facebook group, we have a vibrant Facebook community. Just search for the Midlife Moms podcasting community. And I think we're over 900 women where we not only post these episodes, but we'd love to hear from you. 
what do you do to help yourself stay in the present? And if you battle anxiety and panic, uh, you know that you're not alone. And we'd love to hear how God has met you in that or where you're struggling. Even we take prayer requests on Fridays. We pray for you. And there's just a lot of encouragement um, that comes from that group just to know you're not alone and we resource each other as well in there. So we'd love for you to join us there. And we'd love to hear uh, how this episode resonated with you and how you're learning to be present. Thanks so much for joining us. We will see you on the next episode. This is Amelia and Brenda saying thanks again. Bye everyone.